The Big Sports Breakfast. And just updating you on uh, those Champions League scores that I alluded to earlier, of course, Ange Postacoglu's Celtic drew one all with Shakhtar Donetsk. The other games of interest, uh, Chelsea and Salzburg finished one all. Uh, also, Manchester City, they got up 2-1. Real Madrid won 2-0. So just some of those uh, Champions League scores of note this morning. Now, this spring carnival, Foxtel customers have the chance to win a share of $75,000 just for watching some of the best racing on Sky. With cash on offer across every Group 1 race day, you tune in, you spot the code word, and then you enter the draw. So this weekend, be watching Sky Racing's George Main Stakes Day, that coverage on Foxtel, and keep your eyes peeled for your chance to pocket $5,000. Terms and conditions apply. Head to skyracing.com dot au forward slash foxtel for more information isn't it just an exciting time of the year i know we've spoken about rugby league obviously the finals going to be at Allion stadium this saturday night down the road at the scg we've got the swans taking on collingwood and down at randwick it's george main stakes day i just can't think of well since COVID, it's certainly been a long time since we've had a sporting extravaganza in the harbour city quite like this i'm going to the swans on Saturday night, but isn't it just after COVID, great to feel the vibrancy yeah. of sport yeah. like we remember it to be? Well, I, I think that's the key, Ryan, the, the fact that everyone has bounced back after a horrible couple of years, and we know that COVID is still circulating in the community, but it's not holding us back from doing anything that we want to do. And this Saturday, to be able to go to the races, to be able to go to the AFL, to be able to go to the rugby league, it's just a wonderful occasion for Sydney siders. And I'm hoping that we get full houses everywhere. Mm. I think it'd be great and it'd show that the city is back. Um, but I don't know whether too many people will get the trifecta. How many people the, you reckon will do the trifecta? No, this week? I mean, it's a big day if you're doing the trifecta. I'd be, I'll be watching. I don't the think races. I'd get to the last. No, I don't think I'd get to the footy. The rugby league, if yeah. I was doing the trifecta. Oh, you'd be dusty. You'd be, yeah, you'd, it'd be a big day. It'd be a big day. Yeah. Be interesting to see on the text line, though. Give us a text, 0419767272, or a so call, 135353. See, so I'm a, I'm a sprinter. I go out hard. <laughs> I'd have to do a Melbourne Cup present, uh, you know, preparation. But I'm usually an Everest prep man. I go hard. I don't know how you sustain it because I know whenever I've had beers with you, Mm. you always say eating's cheating. Eating's cheating, And you don't have any sustainability in not eating food. No. You go hard early. (laughs) And I hate feeling full. Yeah. Well, if you're drinking beer as well, you get bloated. Yeah. If you eat when you're drinking beer, not good. So over time, I've learnt, feels it, that you you eat early. I know how you go long. You eat before you start. Mm. And then you try not to have too much until the end of the night. I tell you what, I'll That's be uh, I'll be drinking less beers at the SCG, knowing that they're thirteen dollars fifty a pop. <laughs> My that? lord! Is this anyway, is there still that little, oh, the happy hour? Yeah, is there still the time gap where you can halve your price? They did so that what do you, what first you, week. And yeah, what's to go there? Can you go on can, the local? <laughs> yeah, can you go and order ten, or is yeah. it you're only allowed one drink per person? Last time like, I was there, you could order four drinks. Oh, that, mate, you're that, taking fifteen mates, and everyone's getting four in happy hour. Yeah, four in happy hour, but. I think that's the key. 
get have get, a few before have you a few go. before you walk in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. we, we we shouldn't endorse preloading, no, but no. Uh, we just have anyway. But preload, preload. Uh, <laughs> morning, Craw. For you, a are you a sprinter or a stayer? Could you do the races into the AFL into another game of footy like the rugby league? No, nah, no chance. Not even. <laughs> Back in my day when I was a bit of a stayer, but uh, no, I think I'm good for one event and then maybe drift to a pub, maybe go to the races and then drift to a pub and watch the other games um, and just sit around the table, maybe. <laughs> I'm a bit old now, so uh, I, I probably wouldn't even last that. Oh, I think you'd still have something no. left there, Croft. Croft. Don't, oh, underestim- don't underestimate don't, yourself. Don't give me the old, <laughs> I'm a bit old, play that card as well. Please. You know, I'd go off, I'd do it all and all. Exactly right. 100%. Ten of his best mates would see him go home to bed. There'd be massive FOMO. We're all, we're all got one of yeah, those in us exactly, still, Croft. I reckon we get better with age. <laughs> we, we might have it in us, but we don't have the recovery oh, yeah, no, that we I used get, to have. I agree with no. that. No, you're dusty <laughs> for about a week. Months, months to recover. Uh, speaking of dusty for a week, that's going to be me after the Swans beat Collingwood, buddy, on Saturday. What do you reckon? Well, it's, well the odds suggest that it's just going to happen, but it's not that easy. Uh, mm. Collingwood are going great. They play a great style of footy. They're a real attacking style. They take the game on and... But Sydney, hey, we, they're fantastic. We love the way they've gone about it with all the young kids coming through. And now they're believing in themselves. They'll shut down the middle the best they possibly can. They play the SCG better than anyone. And um, Yeah, it's only... it's You can almost get your hands on one of the handles of the Premiership Cup. So uh, it's going to be fantastic. They're, Collingwood are believing, though. Collingwood didn't have to go last time they played... Uh, the Swans, the Swans won, um, you know, quite well. But they didn't have to go in. He's red hot at the moment, coming out of the middle, uh, especially centre bounces. He's winning a lot of the footy and he's getting the ball inside 50. So um, I reckon this is this is probably 55-45 in the Swans, um, you know, leading to the Swans a little bit. But... Um, I think this is game on big time. How significant, mate, is the SCG? If this game was at the MCG, yeah. would your opinion be different? Yeah, it's it's huge, the SCG, just because of its unusual shape, you know, compared to the MCG, which is Collingwood's home ground. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very much an advantage. And it's funny because all the, the opposition teams, they always try and, in the week, leading up to playing the Swans at the SCG, they always bring the oval in a little bit or they try and make sure their football ground uh, is the same side. So they bring out the cones and they make sure they practice that way. But we all know, you know, a couple of days of practice, not really going to help a great deal. Um, You sort of need to be working on that for a long period of time, uh, especially if you know you're going to a final. But, yeah, it's a big advantage for the Swans. Uh, I think the Swans can win, which uh, I'll be pumped especially for Big Bud, um, you know, going into another grand final. And the the great thing about the Swans is a few years ago, they played all the young kids. They did the hard yards, you know, they copped a few whackings, but it's just brought them on so much. It's given them so much belief. They've got a great mix with the older players, the McCartans down back, um, you know, and just right through, there's a good blend of older player, but also this young, enthusiastic, energetic, running machine and and they go to work where other sides you know will probably play a bit of cat and mouse and take you on the swans like to get physical they like to tackle they like to play man on man when they have to they like to really take the game on when when they're ready to so they play at different speeds 
and I'd love to see the, the Swans win. Tell you what I've liked about Collingwood, Crawl this year, and I know every team, you know, tries hard and, you know, they compete for the full four quarters and all that type of stuff, the, everything that commentators talk about. But when I actually watch Collingwood, there's a real belief that regardless of the situation they're in, they keep coming and they come harder. And, and that's why I'm afraid of Collingwood this week because I know they're never out of the contest. Yeah, and, and you can see it with, with the players. They You know, even when they talk to the media these days, they're not getting cocky or ahead of themselves, but you can just see they've, they've got that belief, which, you know, if, if you're physically capable and you've got the confidence and then you've got the belief to match, it's, it's a powerful ingredient to have. So, um, yeah, definitely. Like, the, the thing that the Swans will do, they won't allow them to go where they want. They won't allow them to come through the middle like they have been. Um, they just won't allow that. That's where Sydney are really organised. And, you know, it's, that, this is going to be a great game because Collingwood will keep trying. And if they get through a few times, will Sydney go, oh, hang on, this is not working. Will we mm. change a few things? So I, I totally agree. This game, even if Sydney get three or four goals in front going in the last quarter, that won't worry Collingwood too much because they'll still have that belief that they can they can run over the top. So uh, and and even you know McRae, coach of Collingwood, his his language, just especially in the last week, is like we can win, we can win this whole thing, you know. And, and he's doing that through the media for these players to understand. Listen, you can start really believing that we can win this, and and it's like the light bulb moment's gone off. We've come this far. Um, we deserved you know, to still be here, and now we can win the whole thing. So um, Collingwood Football Club's dangerous. When when their supporters are up and about, their players are believing, and, and when you play, when you used to play Collingwood, especially the MCG, so if they happen to win and go on to the grand final, but their supporter base is like no other. The noise, and, and it really is like having an extra couple of players out there for them, and they just, I don't know, they just play on a different level, and they, they're just a... I don't know, there's a special aura. Mm. Look, I know a lot is made of, of Collingwood and, you know, particularly in the second half of this year, they've been a four-quarter team. Their contested footy's been great. But I'd argue that that's probably been Sydney's best strength this year, that they they have gone for four quarters. And that was evident against Melbourne only a couple of weeks ago. Just that They were just up for the contest. And a lot of these young players are relishing that that hard body on body contact and it's not just the big names that are getting it done it's a lot of these young on ballers that are, are really standing up for sydney and relishing that contest which surely must um you know boy a lot of sydney fans as well i know we're talking a lot about collingwood in that regard but sydney's really stepped up also yeah well, well the future of sydney's unbelievable really when you think of all those young kids who are, who are doing the job for um for the sides so early in their career but um, the thing I've loved about Sydney is Sydney's consistency through the year. Um, they don't rely on Buddy Franklin. You know, Buddy's, you know, look out if Buddy gets on a bit of a roll, but it's everyone else. You know, you've got Sam Reid popping up in the forward line. You've just got um, you've just got players, you know, Papley, who's an energiser bunny. Um, and it's, it's just all these players... Uh, who are just consistently bringing a consistent level. Yeah. And that, I think Logan like. McDonald's been terrific as well the last couple of weeks. Lovely well, kick right. as well. And he gets to play with one of the all-time greats, mm. you know, Buddy Franklin. And How much is he learning and understanding about the game? And, mm. and yeah, it's just, 
it's just a, a really they've just set themselves up beautifully. Um, the Swans, you know what you got to get. You know, it's a bit like the Sydney Swans ten or so years ago, or maybe maybe a bit longer actually. When um, you know, when they were winning premiership and taking on West Coast and you just knew every week what you're going to get out of the Swans, which was just a real blue collar, you know, this blood mentality. And this is, this team's got it, but it's got a real X factor about it with, you know, some of the players, you know, Heaney in the forward line, just some of the players that can really, you know, excite not only supporters, but their teammates. And uh, they've done a huge job. They really have. And um, they've really set themselves up to, you know, I spoke, Halfway through the year, we're thinking they're going well. You know, they need to improve a little bit. And obviously, the finals has just brought them on so much that they uh, they're now starting to believe. And I reckon they beat Melbourne when Melbourne were at their very best um, last final. So Melbourne went on the week later. Max Duana had a groin injury, um, you know, and you had um, who had a broken leg. You know, they had a few injuries that they ca- mm. carried, which. They weren't at their very best, but I reckon Sydney got them at the very best and took them down on the MCG, which I reckon is a really good form line. Mm. So Swans $1.44, Collingwood two eighty, and I'll get your thoughts on the other match as well, Croft. Uh, the Cats, Geelong taking on Brisbane. The Cats $1.27, the Lions three eighty. Yeah, yeah, the Cats have been super, um, but we, I was a little worried about their lead-up form, even though they're winning by 60-odd points in the lead-up, but um, they were playing sides in the top eight. Um, and, you know, they found a way, as good sides do, to get across Collingwood. That form line has looked pretty good because Collingwood have gone on the following week. But um, it's definitely not a one-sided match. We've got Brisbane, who, you know, fell across the line against Richmond, and then, you know, they showed a great fighting spirit against the Ds. And they're starting to believe themselves and they can be super quick. You know, the thing that's worked in Brisbane's favour is after their first final, they brought in three new players um, who were out suspended or injured. And then I think they're going to bring in a couple more this week with Dan and her returning because he didn't play because of um, having a child the week before. And yeah, so things just keep working in their favour. So they're definitely not out of it. Um, They've broken the hoodoo at the MCG last week against obviously the premiers from last year. And um, I, I think this is pretty much game on. If they can get a bit of scoreboard pressure early and, and keep themselves in the game, um, they've got guys like Lockie Neal who, who just who are just charging at the moment and going to be very, very hard to stop. And then Geelong, Geelong deserve to be the favourites. Favourite for the premiership, favourites to win this match. But there's still those question marks because they've been able to... to go reasonably well in finals, but haven't been able to sort of pinch a premiership of late. So there's still a few question marks, you know, and they've got a few older players. Do they still have more in their tank? You know, Dangerfield, Selwood, Tom Hawkins, um, all amazing players. But, you know, if, if I was playing against those types through the middle, I'd be putting on my best best possible runners um, and I'd be saying, OK, work them the other way. Try and push them as hard as you possibly can. Make them really get defensive by getting the footy early and, mm. and you know, you really try and go to work on, on some of the older plays. So this is a fascinating match for me and I'd, I'd 
definitely give Brisbane a chance. Uh, I'd be picking Geelong, but I'd definitely give Brisbane a chance. Okay, so Geelong, uh, and by how much? And, and uh, hopefully oh. you're saying Sydney as well by how much? Geelong by 20, and I reckon Sydney by 15. All right. Good luck yep. uh, with those tips, Croft. And uh, I don't care how many points, as long as the Sydney Swans can get through to the grand final and hopefully give Buddy... Uh, well, I don't know whether it's a farewell, whether he plays on or whether that will It'll be a, be a farewell. song. But he's off to Brisbane. Hopefully he's off Queensland, I should say. Well, yeah. I don't know if he wins the if he wins a premiership with the Sydney Swans. Yeah. No, two more know. years. Gold Coast. Yeah. Gold Coast. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Contract there. He's just got to sign it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, cha-ching, let's not cha-ching. get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's just uh, hope the Swans the beat Swans. Collingwood this week. Uh, Croft, thanks for joining us this morning on the Big Sports Breakfast. No worries. I'm going to think about uh, my three-peak, which, which events I can go to and see if I can have an all-nighter like Miles. Bender. What about you've, this? You've got it in you. This bloke, <laughs> you've got it in you, Croft. This guy on the text line, um, Michael from Port Macquarie, says he's doing Mooney Valley on the Friday night, next Friday night, followed by the AFL Grand Final on Saturday, then flying back home to go to the Port Macquarie races oh, on yeah. the Sunday. That's so that's, that's that's a, a bit of travelling. It's not just kicking around the uh, Sydney precinct. It's all right. So you can have a few on the plane as well. He's, he's doing quite well. So um, good on you. Yeah, it's, it's good to get amongst it, is it? Now, <laughs> footy finals are here. So it's time to crack open a couple of furfies with your mates. Enjoy enjoy some unbelievable moments. Yeah, so have a furfie at the SCG on Saturday. So whether it's bearing witness to a six-beer carry in a crowded pub, fitting five mates onto a three-seater sofa for the game, or actually witnessing footy history unravel on the screen in front of you, unbelievable moments pair perfectly with a furfie. Grab a case to share with your mates this footy finals. Totally workwear, Rydalmere for all your workwear gear. We stock the biggest and best brands like King G, Hardjacker, FXD and Steel Blue. Make sure you check out the new Fuse workwear by King G. It's a must-see. Does your business workwear branding need a freshen up? Darren and the team will get you sorted. Open until 7pm every weekday. Totally workwear, Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. First to open and last to close. We've got you covered. Brad Davidson, good morning. Morning, Ryan. Morning, everyone. How are we, guys? Very well, Dave. I'm I'm looking at the George Main Stakes market here. Animo two ten, Zaki three ten, J Mac on Animo. I'm sure is a factor there because if I look at the map, surely Zaki three ten might be some value against Animo. How did you see the George Main Stakes? Yeah, I've basically got them even uh, even favourites to be honest. Like uh, basically straight straight each. Uh, what two ninety three dollars? I think I marked them so. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. I mean, the math is definitely in the favour favour of Zaki. He can just roll forward again here in a race with not a lot of tempo at all, and Animo probably gets back in that running line somewhere. So, look, hopefully he takes his spot there on the weekend. Obviously, they'll have a look and assess everything, but they have accepted for the race, of course, and um, it wouldn't be a Sydney meeting at the moment without uh, being on weather watch, would it? See how much mm-hmm. rain we get this afternoon and into the evening. Hopefully it's not too much because we've got two cracking days Friday and Saturday it seems in terms of drying weather so fingers crossed we stay around that soft range and, and don't get back into the heavy I mean we got onto a good track there at Warwick Farm yesterday which was a bit of a spoil so um, fingers crossed the, the track's not too bad for the weekend Dave, what you make of Foxy Cleopatra yesterday? <laughs> I thought uh, it was good yeah, I thought the run was very good very encouraging for Loz and, and the team there, um, I thought it was about the 200 ready to to give up and probably run, you know, just behind the placings, but kept fighting on really strongly to the line, which was really impressive. So I know they didn't get the chocolates there yesterday, but um, I thought the run was super and we'll be winning a, a, a race very shortly and should be improving as they continue to get up the trip. 
I think that's the key with it, Dave. I think they've always said at the start she'll run better over the further, you know, further the distance. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, I think so, Loz. They would have got excited there at about the 250. I was, I was thinking as they got to the 250, Loz would have been jumping around somewhere and uh, <laughs> went close. But I agree with you. I think the last 100 metres, the way that uh, just kept finding the line, suggests that up in trip, perfect. And um, I think it'll be a decent form race going forward. Um, obviously, we've got more feature racing in Sydney with the shorts, but I also want to ask you about the other group one that's on Saturday at Caulfield, the Sir Rupert Clark. Favourite there at the moment, uh, I wish I win for Peter Moody. His stable's just in hot form. Who are you looking at there, Davo? Yeah, well, the big story with that uh, race, Ryan, is the fact that two of the major fancies, I wish I win the favourite, and Dragon Leap, who's right in the market, are both emergencies at this stage. So, you know, there's a few horses in the race that really are just making up the numbers and 100 to 1 pops, and then you've got two of the major fancies as the first and second emergency. So... They're sweating on a run to get into the race. I wish I win was so dominant there first up in Australia that um, clearly the one to beat, but whether it gets a run, and uh, you don't normally see too many horses scratching from Group 1 races. So uh, we'll see how that pans out on the weekend, but a bit of frustration, no doubt, there with the connections and, and punters who also took the all-in prices about those horses mm. in that race. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's the way it goes. It's the rules of racing, but I'm still a believer that, uh, you know, we should have a bit more of a emphasis on recent form rather than ratings because you know if we if we've got star horses missing out on races that's not no one wants for, for really for 100 to 1 pops yeah so at the moment in that race i wish i win 320 dragon leap seven dollars tuvalu six dollars showmanship 750 and ayrton resuming as well uh five dollars i th- actually thought halal was good value in that I, I just love the sydney form going down to to melbourne 12 dollars at the moment for the hawks camp Generally stacks up well, doesn't it? We mm. saw it there last weekend at Flemington as well. Um, Hornets, Notches, and uh, Spacewalk going back down there and running one-two in the in the sprint race, and uh, we see it very often during the carnival. That city form generally rises to the top, so could, couldn't talk you out of a bet like that, that's for sure. Davo, great to chat. Do the form, and we'll get your tips tomorrow. Look forward to it, guys. Having a good chat about the shorts and all the races tomorrow. Can't wait for it. There has been live sport this morning with the. Champions League, as I mentioned earlier, Celtic drew one apiece with Shakhtar Donetsk. That is Ange Postacoglu's side. For those who follow the English Premier League, Chelsea drew one apiece with Salzburg and Manchester City were 2-1 over Dortmund. A media release coming through this morning that Australian Vice-Captain Rachel Haynes has announced her retirement from international cricket. So that also means she's played a last domestic match for New South Wales. Um, and uh, the WBBL will be her last for the Sydney Thunder. So, look, Clarkie, um, you know, a great career that spanned more than 10 years. Yeah, and star. A, a wonderful star. player for women's cricket in this country. Yeah, she's done a lot for this Australian women's team uh, and a leadership as well. Vice-captain under Meg Lenning, they, they've taken this team... Um, you know, to places that you can only dream of uh, as, an, as a sporting team. They've been at the top of the tree for a long time. Uh, she's been a massive part of that as well, Rachel. So I'm sure, I've, well, I've no doubt she'll be missed uh, as a batter, but probably just as much for a leadership as well, that support to Meg. And um, from everything I've 
got to know about Rach and, and, and speaking to other players that have played with her, her support within that group is phenomenal. Um, always got Meg's back. Um, and some of her innings, again, saved Australian, the Australian women's team on a number of occasions. So uh, you will get one more chance to see her, though. She, she finishes, as you mentioned, Rhino. She finishes this year in the, the women's BBL with Sydney Thunder. So hopefully they can have a good season um, and she goes out on a high. And she's been a friend of the show, the Big Sports Breakfast, over many years as well. So we, we really do wish her well. As we wish the Wallabies well tonight, who are $3.90 outsiders against New Zealand, who are $1.26 in the first of like two em, like em, rugby Loz. championship games yeah. that we call the Bledisloe <laughs> Cup. In fact, you know, the last time that the Aussies won the Bledisloe Cup, 20 years ago, 2002, you know who was in that side? This could man. only be, could only be the one and only. This man number that's 15. about to join us, Could Matt only Burke. be. Good morning, Berkey. Oh, good morning, boys. Good morning. I, I thought you were going to go way back to sort of say after summons or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Memories, Berkey. What a feeling that must have been. I know, I know. You know, and, and I saw um, I saw something uh, on Instagram the other day, Matt Rogers. Uh, he scored a try that put us one point behind with seven minutes to go. And, uh, and I had the conversion to go to 15, 14, I think it was, and I flushed it. And I hit the upright. I was like, oh, no. And it was like, have I ruined it? Have I, have I ruined the chances? And um, fortunately, uh, you know, and you don't get this in sport a great deal, that second chance. And seven minutes later, literally after the hooter, uh, I had a little uh, readjust and it, and it went through. So, look, great memories, Clarkie, as you said. And, and I think one of the funniest ones was, Matt Rogers, when the penalty came, Griggs sort of leant back and went for a field goal because we had the advantage. And uh, the ball came to me and Matt Rogers, and this is no word of a lie, he threw it into my chest. He said, do this one for me, do this one for the team, and think of all the endorsements you're going to get. (laughs) (laughs) I just broke up in laughter. It was probably a good thing because it settled me down, I think, you know, and then you sort of go go into your your rhythm and your routine. So, But it's been a while, boys. We've won the odd game. Um, but, uh, you know, to get two up out of three or two out of two this series, it's a, it's a big ass, tough ask as well. Look, and it really was the Wallaby glory days in 2002 when we won the Blitters Low. And I think if we just ponder this for a moment as I recount the side in 2002, fullback Chris Latham, right wing Ben Tune, then yourself in outside centre Berkey, Dan Herbert inside centre, Sterling Mortlock left wing. Then we had Stephen Larkham at fly half, George Gregan halfback. In the forward pack, Bill Young, Jeremy Paul, Patricio Noriega, Nathan Sharp, Justin Harrison, Owen Finnegan, and George Smith, Todd Ikefu. Like, that is the who's who of rugby. And it just sort of makes you think of happier times with rugby, doesn't it? When I think that's where we all embrace it. Like, let's be honest, we're talking about a Bledisloe Cup match on a Thursday night. When would that ever happen in the heyday with the Wallabies? It was a central viewing where we would pack pubs. And it just sort of goes to show, I I suppose, and I don't want to be too negative on on the game, Berkey, but, you know, the fond memories that we have and and how we would all love those back again as Wallaby fans. Yeah, it's a fair comment, uh, right? Absolutely. And and, and when you say those names, they're they're names, you know, like... The boys sitting beside you, you know, like like Clark, like Daly. I mean, I I, I still rattle off that, you know, that great song of uh, you know the cricketers of you know seventy eight, seventy nine type thing with Lily and Marsh and crew, you know, like, and so I think 
the biggest thing that they want to do is create those heroes again. So when you're creating heroes, you, you've got to win games. Um, and, and you're right. Uh, you know, it, we're, we're talking about those players from a game so long ago. It, it's, a, um, it's a difficult one as well because remember, you know, when we, we won the... So for, for example, 99, we won uh, before we went to the World Cup. We won in Sydney. It was pouring with rain in Sydney. Uh, we had this sort of, you know, flash sort of, you know, um, uh, storm. And go back a week earlier, and we got pumped at Eden Park, like 33, not many, you know. So there were the, the odd occasion where we didn't win all that well. But because it was for that two-match series, you win one, you retain it. Uh, and so that's the, um, that's the hard part about winning this cup. And when you win the cup, it's, uh, it's quite special. You know, like it's a, you know I, I, I was talking to a few of the boys the other day about it. And even though we're geography, we're big brother to, to New Zealand, uh, you know, in terms of rugby stakes, we're little brother. And, and when we when we punch above our weight, that's when the crowd gets behind you. That's when Australians support, you know, because, you know, in theory, we're not supposed to win. You know, the, the, these blokes historically are the best in the world. Uh, they've had a bit of a tough time this year. Mm. They're finding a bit of form, obviously, last uh, last outing against Argentina. But, you know, when we punch above our weight, that's when that, that, that real green and gold fever comes, uh, comes running through the players and, and the fans. Well, I think there's some optimism around Berkey, given that while we may not have been consistent with our performances, to yeah. beat South Africa in South Australia, that was a, a really good performance from the Wallabies. So we know our best is capable against yeah. this all-black side who have been inconsistent themselves. So they've lost a bit of aura. So how do you see this one playing out? And what, have, what do Australia have to do well if they're going to knock off this Kiwi team? Well, it's an interesting take, uh, Loz, because you're right. This this rugby championship has has floated around, sort of win loss, win loss, win loss for for all four teams. Uh, and I was talking to a bloke from New Zealand yesterday, and and basically said, "Mate, we're nervous. You know, we're 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 nervous for the first time in a long time uh, that um, you know the, the Bledisloe could uh, be up for grabs in in that uh, in that space. The difficulty is, you know, apart from a twenty year hoodoo, they then have to play if they win, they have to win in Eden Park, which we haven't won since 1986, I think it is. So, you know, there's that, there's another chapter to that saga. But they've chosen a big forward pack, um, Loz, uh, with a big back row as well. So, you know, Pete Samu, Rob Liotta and, and Rob Valentini. So they're looking for big boys to, to knock about these uh, these Kiwis up front there. I like um, uh, Andrew Callaway at fullback there. Just a, a, a bit of... I suppose you've got to choose players in their right spots. He's played fullback. He knows how to play fullback. He's a good counter-attacker of the ball. And obviously the last one is uh, Bernard Foley coming back into number 10. And you know, we're, we're short of number 10s at the moment. Wallaceo, uh is, uh, is still got a head knock from that South African game about a week and a half ago. Uh, obviously Cooper out. And then James O'Connor, I believe, busted himself on the weekend playing club footy with a syndesmosis. So they've picked Bernie Foley. Um, and he's had a couple of weeks to sort of get his head around it. So I think he'll do a good job and, and steer the boys around tonight. Yeah, Berkey, I was going to ask you, what's your take on, and again, I mean this respectfully, but these the yep. more senior players coming back into this Wallabies group? Uh, is it what we need at the moment? Do you think that's the future? Are, are we are we searching for a balance of, of youth and experience, or do you think we might be making a mistake here bringing these senior boys back? Clark, well, I think we're, we're plugging a gap, mate, at the moment. Yeah. There's no one around. Yeah, okay. There's literally no one around. So, you know, do you give uh, a start? Big gap to plug, though. Your main your main position. 
you made a position exactly right. But, you know, uh, and, and again, we're talking about you know, no disrespect. Uh, the next one's in line, uh, if that's the case, there's someone like Ben Donaldson and Tane Edmed for the Waratahs, yeah. who are, you know, will be great players given it a couple of years. Yeah, but, not ready. You know, and, and this is where I feel about sort of Noel Olicio has been sort of, you know, done in the eye a little bit. Like, he, he's been thrown in as a young pup. Uh, and, and boys, you know, you, you know being in that environment when you come into a team, and, and Clark, you came into a team with, um, you know, uh, Warren, Hayden, yeah. and crew, uh, you know, Laws, you're around, you know, players that you you look up to and, and be around. And, and then I went into pouring little Campisi liner. And mm. so, you know, you, you're comfortable because there's people around you. This bloke basically was running the show at sort of 20 years old and then getting belted each time. So yeah. uh, it is a position that that, that is uh, needs to be sorted because we've got this massive discrepancy of age as well, like 30 plus to down to sort of, you know, only just 20. So it's a, it's a difficult spot to fill at the moment in Australian rugby. How do you see it playing out then, Berkey? Uh, yeah, do we win? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I looked at that, uh, and as you said, I looked at that game in, in uh, South Australia a couple of weeks ago, and I know I keep talking about the reality check of where we are in the world at number eight, but at the moment, I think anyone can beat anyone. We've seen that with Argentina beating New Zealand over there. So, you know, I, I hold uh, high hopes tonight for our blokes to, to do well. They need to start well like they did in Adelaide. Uh, against South Africa, they need to be able to be on on the money and uh, and belting blokes and getting over the advantage line and then just take your points when they're on offer. You know, like if it's a, if it's three points for kicking goals, just add some scoreboard pressure to to put a bit of heat on the uh, on the All Blacks. So it, look, it's going to be great. I mean, the the whole uh, you know sellout stadium, it'll be noise there, it'll be uh, a party atmosphere. There'll be plenty of Kiwis down there as well. Um, uh, so it, it's going to be a great game, I reckon. Yeah, it kicks off an exciting few days of sport uh, in this country, uh, Berkey. So hopefully it'll get off to a nice start with the Wallabies over New Zealand tonight. As I mentioned, New Zealand, $1.26 Australia to cause an upset. They will beat $3.90. Enjoy the game, Berkey, and we'll chat soon. Good on you, boys. Have a good one. Gee, that morning's gone quick. I reckon it'll go quick again tomorrow. Um, obviously, tomorrow we'll be talking about the fallout from... The Wallabies and also the boxing tonight with Paul Gallen taking on two blokes. Who are you on? Rhino? Bringing Gal's got him covered? I, I'm, I'm pretty confident of taking the all up uh, Gallen into Gallen. I don't think you'd be getting uh, much about that, but um, it's all great theatre, isn't it? Which we'll discuss tomorrow and, of course, look ahead to a big weekend of football with the Rugby League finals and also the Swans taking on Collingwood on Saturday and, and racing. Now, don't forget. This spring carnival, Foxtel customers have the chance to win a share of $75,000 just for watching some of the best racing on Sky. So with cash on offer across every group one day, you just tune in, you spot the code on your screen, and then you enter the draw. So this weekend, be watching Sky Racing's George Main Stakes Day, that coverage on Foxtel. So keep your eyes peeled and for your chance to pocket $5,000. Terms and conditions apply. Head to skyracing.com.au forward slash Foxtel for more information. So if you're not having a great day on the punt, you can have a great day by getting involved in that Sky Foxtel promotion. Now, boys, tomorrow is Newcastle Cup Day, Newcastle Gold Cup. They've got eight races on the card. It's always a great day out. Now, we've enjoyed giving away some tickets this week thanks to Dwayne Dowell and the team at Newcastle Racecourse. Now, we have four more general admission tickets. So call now. 135353. The Newcastle Gold Cup is race number six tomorrow. So if you're caller number six, you will win four general admission tickets. So give us a call now. 
13 53 53. If you are caller six, you will win four general admission tickets for the Newcastle Gold Cup tomorrow. It's a pretty good race as well. Crosstalk is the favourite at the moment uh, for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Special award, I actually thought, was a really good chance for Chris Leeds. Uh, Glenn Schofield takes the ride. It's a $6.50 chance. And then you've got Old Flame, who's flying as well for Peter and Paul Snowden. The uh, switchboard's lighting up. We'll get the winner in just a moment. We'll announce that as we say. Good morning to Dave Stanley. Um, morning, uh, Always Hills, a great day, isn't it? Newcastle Gold it Cup is, Day. It is, and they love a party up there. Morning pup, morning laws. Uh, they yes. can they can rip in. They come from everywhere. Maitland, Cessnock, up in the, the upper parts of the Hunter as well. They book the buses, and I think they enjoy themselves on the trip down to uh, to the track because they arrive in, in scintillating form. Boys, call me David Copperfield today. Okay, David, what have you done? Well, I'm lucky <laughs> to be here. Why? Well... Yesterday, oh, yesterday, man. as you know, here at, at French's Forest, we had the board of Tabcorp floating around and they were doing bits and pieces. Uh, this is fair income, boys. So, uh, obviously, pay rise? Well, no, there was, Again? I, I don't think there'll be any, any, any discussion about pay rise. Uh, I think I'm lucky to even be able to get in the building. So anyway, as you know, we've got our radio studios here at French's Forest and there's like a communal kitchen area, right? Yeah. Mm. And because the board's here... They obviously the all the EAs were in town. Did they, you know the board were here? Uh, I knew they were floating around. Right. I didn't know their whereabouts. Right. But uh, you know, I thought, oh, okay. Well, if you run, so we all were sort of told, you know, dress a bit snazzy, don't dress up. You know, <laughs> we didn't we, get that we, memo. We didn't get that memo. <laughs> no, <laughs> mind you, you know, you're at four thirty in the morning, and you blokes are always dressed well. Anyway, so the the EAs are running around. Anyway, I, being a bigger bloke and obviously having some good nostrils, I sort of started to smell some. Some good good tucker. Bit of a spread. <laughs> and I'm going, what's going on here? So, of course, I've gone into the kitchen to fill up the water bottle and grab a coffee. And, mate, the spread, they had the bagels. Ooh. There were these fresh sausage rolls. There was cheese boards. There was fish and chips. So, naturally. No, we, 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 we just like the Garlow's pies and the sticky that's what wings. I mean. Malt, yeah. uh, sticky Don't wings, tell me um, you've... Uh, so, naturally. <laughs> I'm not kidding, boys. So, naturally, I've seen these plates. And they weren't paper plates. They were the china plates. Without any hesitation, I've just picked up a plate and I've just loaded it up like like a kid at Christmas, you know, Christmas morning, and I've just loaded it up. And even to the point where I was sort of having a little nibble of a sausage roll as I'm loading the plate with more food, and I'm just going, gee, this is good. And then I'm telling others who were coming to have their, you know, coffee in the... How good's this? And I'm thinking it's an Are You OK Day or we're doing something sort of special because they do put the morning teas on. Anyway, I got the tap on the shoulder. Um, this is for the board. Please, please don't eat this as a mid mid plate. So you put it back. put it back. Yeah, well, say, take it back. No, I didn't take yeah. it back. I gave it a tip. But uh, and then I sort of popped up around later to, and there was a few sort of you know, a few darting looks. Sort of, you know. I think hey. someone. I think someone missed out on on. Don't on put a, it on the table if you don't want us to well, eat that's it. Right. DS. Exactly right. It was all just spread out. Play and, on, uh, buddy. And I attacked. You Play would have been. On. You would have been proud, Loz. Like that night with the oysters when I just attacked. The you oysters. just attacked. I love oh, when mate. you attack your food. I just attacked. I can actually picture DS's plate. If I, there's I, sausage rolls and that up, I can mate. picture how high that plate would have been. Oh, I was, was Yeah, he would have done too. It was yeah. enormous. And then, and I'll, I'll give myself up here as well. I then went back. So I I wanted to go back for seconds. <laughs> and I did a I did a bad turn to be honest, boys. I felt bad about it. Westy, my producer, yeah. I didn't tell Westy the food was for the board. And Westy goes, "Where'd you get all that food from?" I said, "Just up in the up kitchen." There? I said, "Hey, oh. hey, Westy, I've got to go back on air. But if you go up, would you be able to get me another?" <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. In the fire. And then Westy came back and said, Dave, it's for the board, mate. I can't be eating that. So, oh, yeah. anyway, boys. Uh, good. Oh, good stuff to yes. Hey, now I need to mention that yes. Clint, congratulations to Clint, who's won Guffo. Did the he tickets. Four tickets? Well, yeah, he got the four tickets. He's going to blow himself up at Newcastle. Yeah, he, he doesn't, he's not caring about the Parramatta Eels on Friday night. He wants to go to Newcastle Gold Cup. Uh, Clint has won the Newcastle tickets. So, congratulations to him. And, and I think you're giving more away later, aren't you, Dave? Later on. So, about uh, 10 o'clock punters. So I'm going to chat with Dwayne Dow uh, from the Newcastle. Castle Jockey Club, and we're going to give away some more double passes. So if you missed out and you're wanting to get to the, the races tomorrow there for the Newcastle Gold Cup and the Cameron Handicap, uh, please tune in. You want to also be listening today because we have Jock Gologly on the program. Jock is going to join us just after 9.30 with the latest from track work and, and what's been working the house down there for that meeting tomorrow. Ty Burford's going to join us from the Prince of Merriweather Hotel. Of course, a big Calcutta there tonight in Newcastle. I'll be hosting, so head to the Prince of Merriweather tonight, 6.30 for that Calcutta, and Racing HQ live tomorrow from Newcastle. John Thompson is going to join us uh, in relation to Purple Sector. David Eustace, well, they've got Mankayan going around in that uh, Gold Cup. Interesting too, um, Ryan, Ben Millam flies up for that for that ride. Uh, plenty of good jockeys here in New South Wales, but they wanted to use Benny Mellum. So he'll be riding at Newcastle tomorrow. And we'll also chat this morning with Chris Roots and Les Bridge. Of course, the shorts is going to be a beauty on the weekend. A mini Everest. And, uh, well, can classic legend get the job done? Gee, if the grey can come back and perform well, that Everest market might just have a little bit of chop and change about it. Mm. Good show by the sounds of it, mate. Enjoy, and um, we'll chat to you tomorrow. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, boys. And, uh, yeah, get stuck in. Hopefully there's some leftovers in the fridge, pup. You can <laughs> I'll go and have a look now. Get the Tupperware container. No, mate. we've got the thanks, Galos thanks, this morning. Thanks for and leaving us some. And, yeah. <laughs> couple of muffins. Galo gal- muffins. Well, I've got a, there's a I've, young Nick here who is my panel op, who, of course, you know next door, boys. Mm-hmm. He uh, He's already been up uh, to the Galos. No, nah, Nicky boy's oven. mate. He looks after us. He actually puts the pies and sausage rolls in the oven for us. He's our saviour. You know what I used to do back in the day too, and just to just to just to pee TK off. I'd turn the oven right up, oh, full bore, burn them. Yeah, burn them. Yeah, that's not nice. Isn't that? Isn't See that you, that's evil, isn't it? See you, boys. <laughs>